You are listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host and teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books, Unlocking Godly Wisdom and The Divorced Christian. For more information, visit the website at thedivorcedchristian.com. And now here's your host, Darius Good. Welcome to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show. My name is Darius Good. Thank you for joining us on today. Um, I just wanna announce that the book is finally available. And you can find more information regarding the book at thedivorcechristian.com. The book, of course, is entitled The Divorced Christian. It was written for Christians that are divorced. But I highly encourage those of you that are not divorced. You may be married. You might be single. Um, I think this book will be an excellent book just to read on the subject of divorce. And I cover much more than just divorce in regards to marriage because as I began to explore this particular subject, I began to realize that divorce is a much bigger concept than just the concept of marriage. And so um, I don't wanna kinda give a lot of the teachings that we're gonna be going through over the next several, several weeks um, as I go through the book, but I will be teaching from the book on this platform. And um, my intention was to begin at the beginning of the book with chapter one, we did deal with some of chapter one on last week, um, but I think I'm gonna go back to chapter one at a later date. On uh, Today, I wanna deal with chapter 14 of the book, except in the case of adultery. That's the name of the title of that particular chapter. This chapter is available on the website. It's for free. And so if you do it, the, the free PDF download, you're going to receive chapter one and chapter 14 of the book. I think this is probably one of the most important chapters in the book, only because we target the two scriptures that is taught or used to teach on the subject of divorce. And I give a very uh, extensive explanation as to what Jesus was talking about, because there are so many things that are overlooked, so many things that are, are not known uh, to our current teachers in the faith, and especially in regards to the subject of divorce. And so I've made these chapters available for free. If you look in the notes of today's episode, you can click on the link. It will take you to the page. You can read it off the website, or you can click download and download a copy um, of the free PDF of chapter one and chapter 14 of the book, The Divorced Christian. If you don't wanna wait for all the teachings, uh, purchase the book today. It's on Amazon, it is on Kindle as well. Go to amazon.com, look for The Divorced Christian written by Darius Good. And of course that information is there on the website at thedivorcechristian.com. So we're gonna begin on today with chapter 14 which is entitled, Except in the Case of Adultery, Matthew chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 19. It begins with the verses, Matthew 5, verse 32, but I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. We have Matthew 19, 9. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whosoever marrieth her, which is put away, doth commit 
adultery. Now, understand with my teachings on the podcast show, I might, might take more time in certain areas, cover some information that is not in the book. So I do encourage you to continue to tune in to the podcast show as well. Um, so I begin this, this chapter with these two verses, which are the foundation of Christian teachings on divorce. These are probably the most popular uh, scriptures when people are discussing the subject of divorce um, that are quoted. And it's clear that Jesus is saying the same thing in Matthew 5 and 32 as he is saying in 19 uh, verse 9. And so these have been um, the cornerstone of Christian teachings on the subject of divorce. But one major problem is uh, the conclusion of the teachings grossly violates the law of Moses. And we're going to get into that as well as we address uh, those that believe Jesus came and changed the law. If you've been listening to the show, we have covered this particular subject, but we'll get into that because it's a part of chapter 14 here. Um, when reading the scriptures, Jesus discuss, discuss the law of Moses very often in his conversations with the Pharisees and his conversations with the Sadducees. And I believe that uh, when we read those particular encounters, it's important, it's extremely important that we take on the mindset that these groups are having legal debates. So it's not the same as Jesus talking to his disciples or Jesus teaching the multitude, but whenever he engaged in conversations with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these were always legal debates. They are bringing up the law of Moses. They're challenging Jesus on things that they're seeing that they believe are contrary or violations of the law. And Jesus is entering into these legal debates with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Both of these groups were considered, in essence, legal experts. Now, there were lawyers during that time, but the Sadducees were the elders. The Pharisees were elders, a part of the religious um, upper echelon. And they were experts at the law of Moses. And they had debates. You know, the Sadducees believe one way, Pharisees believe one way. But both of them would challenge Jesus in the things that they were witnessing and seeing. Now, the problem with this is because of our ignorance of the law of Moses, we misinterpret the conversations that are read. And so when we're reading these conversations, you have to really take on the mindset as if two judges were arguing a case or two attorneys were arguing a matter. Um, I think that sort of legal mindset really kind of put things in their proper place. When I was in college, I took legal courses. Um, I turned, attended the University of New Haven, but my majored in music uh, business. I also majored in communications. Um, so I did a dual major, but in my classes, and actually in both, we took legal courses. Um, in communications, I had to take legal classes that dealt with defamation of character as part of my teaching uh, was, was centered around journalism. So we had teachings on film, television, radio, but the journalistic side of communications, we spent a lot of time dealing with uh, defamation of character. Um, on the music side, I dealt a lot with legal contracts, which was all important for me. When I went into the music industry, I was able to read through my contracts, um, I had issues there with my attorney. I won't take the time to tell those particular stories. 
Um, but I was able to negotiate my contracts because of my understanding of what I read. Legal arguments are very different than just normal debates. These are not barbershop debates. These are not uh, Bible study debates. They're talking about the legal systems that was established by Moses and where there's disagreements in the understanding and interpretation of the law. uh, Jesus was not changing Moses' law. He was interpreting it correctly. That's really what he was doing. So when I hear teachings along those lines that Jesus was changing the law of Moses, that is not true. And of course, if you take time reading the, the teachings of Paul, he explains it. Remember this, always remember this. Paul was a Pharisee. And so he's able to tie the thoughts together um, of Jesus and Moses so that the two worked in, in harmony together. Otherwise, Jesus would have been violating the law of Moses and that was never the case. Otherwise, Jesus would not have been righteous. So whenever we read the scriptures, Jesus is often discussing the law of Moses. His conversations with the Pharisees and Sadducees are really legal debates. Um, Our ignorance of the law has caused us to misinterpret these conversations. And so often the teachings that are taught, especially by pastors and teachers, bishops, et cetera, on the different subjects are in error. And so I have this scripture here in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 7. I read it out of the HNV version, which is really the Hebrew version of the the, the scriptures. And it says, desiring to be teachers of the law, though they understand neither what they say nor about what they strongly affirm, but we know that the law is good if a man uses it lawfully. I put that scripture in there because this is what many are doing. They have become teachers of the law, but they do not understand what they are saying. And so we have, we, this happens at Bible studies, it happens on Sunday mornings. When I hear ministers explain certain things regarding the scriptures, I'm like, that is completely an error because that's not what the law says. And so I give this example uh, of the law in my state. I live in the state of Connecticut. And uh, in my state, uh, a couple can legally marry at the age of 18. But if a couple was going to get married under that late age of 18, what does the law state? And this is where a lot of people then say, well, and we often break into opinion, is which, which is what we do when we go through the teachings of Jesus. It's not opinion. Jesus is making very sound arguments that do not violate the law of Moses. And it helps understand Moses's law with complete clarity. So if we're not teaching the law from that angle, then we are in error. And so I do get explain this in regards to my example that I gave. If two uh, 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 individuals were to get married under the age of 18, well, the requirement was that they had to obtain, um, obtain consent from a parent or from a guardian. If there was no parent or guardian um, that was available, then they were able to go to a probate court and the judge would then uh, give them permission to be married. Now, if they were under the age of 16, the requirement is that they were to get written consent from a probate court judge. So it doesn't matter if guardians or parents are involved at all. And both individuals are required to show up in person. And so I asked the question, if a, if a young person got married at the age of 15, that really should raise some questions, some legality questions, because they may not have gotten married in the state of Connecticut. 
Um, and there's a lot of, we could explore this, but I don't want to because it's not pertinent to the subject of divorce. Um, but these are the, the thoughts and processes um, that needs to take place in discussing the subject of divorce or even other areas of the law, which I won't take the time to highlight, but stuff like, you know, why are disciples eating without washed hands? Those were legal debates. These are not just sanitary arguments. And so it's important that I, I'm trying to highlight this to understand that we have grossly misinterpreted a lot of the scriptures and a lot of the conversations between Jesus and the Sadducees and the Pharisees. We have labeled them as enemies of Jesus. All of them were not. If you go back to the story where Jesus had his feet washed, he was at the home, I believe, of a Pharisee. Now, some there began to ask questions of Jesus, but Jesus was friends with a lot of the Pharisees. He was friends with the, the elders and the rulers. Those are part of the religious um, leadership of the nation of Israel. And so um, I am gonna address this on today about Jesus fixing the Mosaic law. Because I hear this often that Jesus came and he changed the law of Moses. And so this is a very popular teaching in the church. Um, so let's first look at Jesus and how he responds to a group of Pharisees and he addressed their teachings regarding the law of Moses. So if you go to Mark chapter seven, verse nine and verse 13, Jesus gets into an, an argument, so to speak, or a debate with a group of Pharisees explaining that they had rejected the commandments of God. He's talking about the law of Moses. This is what Jesus said. He said, for Moses said, honor thy mother and thy father, and whoso curseth father and mother, let him die the death. Now, just so you understand, that one scripture is two separate laws. So the first law is found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 19. You can also find it in Deuteronomy 5, 16. That's where he says, honor thy mother and thy father. The second law is found in Exodus chapter 21, verse 17, and also Le Leviticus 20, verse 9, where it says, whosoever curseth father or mother, let him die the death. So these are two separate laws. Jesus says this together as he's now confronting these Pharisees about how they have rejected the commandments of God. The Pharisees, this is what they were doing. They were teaching the people that they were free from the commandments of Corban. Now, Corban was required by God, and Corban is sacrifices. It includes the burnt offering. It includes the peace offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering. And then I heard uh, teachers that began to explain that Jesus was teaching against Corban. He was not. That's not what he was doing. He was explaining that tying Corban to honoring mother and father was not a part of the law. That's all he was saying. So he was not doing away with Corban. Corban is required or was required by God. And this was the burnt offering that the, uh, the priests were required to do. Um, I do highlight this in, this in this chapter. A lot of this information I got on Corban, you can go to an article. It's called Jewish Practices and Rituals, Sacrifices and Offerings. You can find it on the jewishvirtuallibrary.org on that website, jewishvirtuallibrary.org. And once again, the title is Jewish Practices and Rituals, Sacrifices and Offerings. And they go through the explanation of these uh, 
these offerings that the Jewish priests were required by God to do. But what Jesus was highlighting was that Corbin was not a replacement or a substitute for the other commandments of God. Worship to God, because that's what Corbin is. The sacrifices, the offerings is worship to God. But what it does not do is exempt you from the obligation of caring for your parents. You cannot say, I went to church, I paid tithe, I gave an offering, a substantial offering to the church, so now I am no longer responsible for the care of my parents. And this is really what the Pharisees were, were teaching, that if you do certain things for, the, for in our case, the church, and in, in their time it would have been the temple, or for the priesthood, the Levitical tribe, if you do certain acts, then you're a void of doing other things. And that is not how that works. Offerings are required by God. Tithing is required by God, but it does not exempt me from other responsibilities. And so this is how they were changing the law of Moses. So Mark chapter seven, verse nine, Jesus said unto them, full well ye reject the commandment of God that you keep your own tradition. So they had created their own tradition. They kind of branched off from the laws of Moses. At verse 10, for Moses said, honor thy mother and father, or honor thy father and mother, and whoso curses father or mother, let him die the death. Verse 11, but you say, if a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Corban, that is to say a gift by, who, what, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. Verse 12, and ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother. Verse 13, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which you have delivered, and many such like things do ye. So this is only one example that Jesus wanted to address. And he rebukes them, the Pharisees, for their erroneous teachings, for their alteration of the law of Moses. So what I find fascinating is we're teaching that Jesus altered the law of Moses. And of course, our argument is he's the son of God or he is God made flesh. He's Emmanuel. So he has the right to do so. So then why would he get upset with the Pharisees for altering the law of Moses? So they're wrong for altering, but Jesus has the right and authority to do so, which is, is, is completely erroneous in and of itself. God did not make mistakes with the Old Testament. There was no mistakes made with the Old Testament law, with the law of Moses. He gave Moses that law. Where things have shifted is the New Testament, we are now under grace. What does that mean? It means in the Old Testament, if you committed adultery, then you were stoned to death. Under the grace, there is grace that is extended. It doesn't mean, grace doesn't mean that you're exempt from your sin. It's not what it means. It means that the blood now covers your sin, which still allows you to approach God. It allows you to go to the throne room of grace, but it doesn't mean that your, your sin has been whited out or blotted out where God is like, oh, he did a sin. Oh, I can't see it now. There will still be consequences for your actions. And this is a lot of what people are experiencing. Adultery does lead to broken hearts, uh, broken relationships. It leads to divorce. And so these are, that is the consequence. But what it means is my sin 
doesn't mean I'm forever uh, separated from God. Because of grace, I can still now approach God. So grace never did away with the law of Moses. God, uh, Jesus was not sent to rewrite the law of Moses. What he did was extended grace to us in a lot of areas that really should cost us our life. For those of you that adhere to the mindset that the law had to be altered and changed, in Psalms 19, verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Let me explain also, because uh, I've heard this teaching in regards uh, to Jesus' teachings and, and kind of in reference to the law. And so when it teaches, when we've heard the teaching that Jesus established to love thy neighbor as thyself. We kind of teach this along the lines of this being a New Testament teaching. And it's not a New Testament teaching. Um, when you read through this chapter, you'll see that I'm highlighting a lot of the Old Testament scriptures that Jesus is referring to. I didn't go this far in the book, but this is facts. And I'll just show you now in the scriptures that the concept, the teaching to love thy neighbor as thyself, which is what Jesus uh, reiterates constantly through his teachings. Paul reiterates constantly through his teachings. This is not a New Testament concept. This is not a concept that originated with Jesus. This is a Old Testament concept. It is a part of the law of Moses. It's really... Moses' law that Jesus is reiterating. The scripture is Leviticus 19. And if you go to verse 18, Leviticus 19, 18, it says, thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord God. This is Old Testament scripture. And this is what God was always pushing for. He wanted man to love his neighbor as himself. If you go back and remember the law of Moses, there was no law between Adam and Moses. There was nothing God put um, uh, or established to say this is the law that we live by. So we got thousands of years that go by, and then Moses shows up on the scene. Now that we have a nation established, the nation of Israel, God then gives Moses a law, a, a constitution, so to speak, those of us that are Americans. We have our U.S. Constitution. Moses established a governmental system that allowed the nation of Israel to live a peaceable life. He established a court system. Systems for marriage, systems for divorce, systems for inheritance, systems for employees. All this is a part of the law of Moses. There are so many laws that deal with dietary needs, what's sacred. Those are part of the Levitical tribe. You can find all this in the book of Leviticus in Deuteronomy in the Torah as it's explaining God's concept of, of national peace amongst the brethren if they will live according to his laws, 
This is the one, of, one of the most important laws, Leviticus 19.18. We don't teach that. We teach the Ten Commandments. But this is the one that Jesus highlights over and over in his New Testament teachings. Jesus did not come to change the law. He came to highlight the law. Now, it's important to understand the elements that were missing that came through our New Testament covenant is faith. But we can't violate the law either. We are not free to commit adultery. We're not free to kill. We're not free to steal or to covet. So the law is still in effect. But Jesus said the New Testament fulfillment of the entire law of Moses, of the entire 613 laws, is to love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus 19 verse 18 really sums up the entire concept God was trying to establish amongst his people. And I want to say this, amongst husbands and wives, this sort of mindset would have freed us um, from the experience of divorce. But man, we're selfish, we're self-centered, we're self-serving. And this is what leads to breakups and divorces. In Leviticus 19, 18, thou shalt not avenge nor bear a grudge Avenge deals with physical action. A grudge deals with the internal holding a grudge against another person. We got to deal with our thinking, our mindset. This will avoid us from leading to mishandling one another. This was Jesus' message. If we had kept this message, I'm talking about humanity over time, Moses would not have been required to establish divorce, the system of divorce where uh, the, the bill of divorce was now required. All this was a result of man not treating each other as they should. We're going to continue on next week as we're going to go through chapter 14 of the book. Download the, pre, the free PDF today. Visit the website. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. If you're listening by radio, join us again on next week. And until then, be blessed. You've been listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host, Darius Good. This was a Good Treasure Ministries production. Darius is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center, and he is the author of the book, The Divorced Christian. To learn more about this book and other books written by Darius, or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show, visit our website today at thedivorcedchristian.com. We pray that today's episode has brought revelation, understanding, and healing. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast show. And until next time, be blessed.